0: I'm Jillian Best Adler, and I help people think differently about the role of parenting in creating social change. In this episode, I'm introducing a series in which I will be digging really deeply into an exploration of how my parenting is influenced by white supremacy culture and how I hold myself accountable to extracting it. In the U.S., there are a set of unspoken, often invisible rules that adults are supposed to follow to be considered appropriate, successful, professional, or having potential for achievement. We spend a lot of time training our children to follow these rules, both in group settings like school, sports, and other activities, as well as at home. These rules often read something like, don't be too loud, dress and behave appropriately to your sex, either feminine or masculine, Wear suits or dresses to be taken seriously. Have tidy hair that suits the expectation of the current fashion. Be polite at the expense of your own needs being met. The problem with this focus on following these rules is that the rules are pretty narrow and come from the cultural expectations of the dominant racial group in America. These are the rules that the European colonizers brought to this land and started forcing on the people who were already here and the people that they stole and brought here. Our country is one of great diversity, with many races, ethnicities, languages, religions, and cultural practices and values. But the rules are not diverse. In fact, the rules that might be true in other countries or for other cultures that originate outside of European ancestry are often dismissed as inappropriate, immature, uncivilized, unprofessional, or downright ignorant. And what does that do for our children when we reinforce colonizer rules on them? Often, we believe that we are giving them a leg up on finding success in the adult world. And maybe we are. But we are also continuing to reinforce the power of those rules. We are being complicit, whether we believe it or not, in upholding the expectations of white supremacy culture. When I say white supremacy culture, I'm specifically referring to the definition presented by Tima Okun in her article, White Supremacy Culture, Still Here. In the article, Okun outlines 17 characteristics of white supremacy culture, and in this series of episodes, I'm going to refer to them frequently. If You can find these links uh, to resources on the episode page, or go straight to the website at www.whitesupremacyculture.info. I really recommend reading the article before you continue listening to this next episodes. In these series of episodes, I'm going to be exploring and sharing how I unintentionally perpetuate white supremacy culture through my parenting. Let me be clear about what this is not and what I do not believe. I don't believe that white people or whiteness is superior to anything. I do not want any white supremacy to be in my life, especially not in my parenting. But it would be ignorant to believe that white supremacy culture has not influenced all aspects of my life. I would be willfully ignorant to let those influences go unexplored and unchallenged. Here's what I do believe. I do believe that the European invaders who colonized so much of our globe were so successful in their conquests They have managed to make their ways, their languages, their religions, their beliefs, their cultures seem not only normal, but the norm. As this has happened, all other cultural practices become judged against this foreign influence. Even when those cultural markers are valued as interesting or useful, we are still often comparing them to what is normal. Now let me pause to talk more about who I mean when I say we. I'm writing from my own perspective to people who would most likely identify as my peers. This information might feel most relevant for people who are living in or from the US or other countries colonized by Europeans, for people who have benefited from social privileges for either being white or mixed race, light skinned, or for having economic advantages and are easily able to access resources. And I don't mean all of those things at once, but any of those things. For many of us living in a so-called westernized society, the descendants of those invaders and colonizers get to set the standard for what behaviors and practices are acceptable and valued. And even those of us who can intellectually think and say that we don't value whiteness and white supremacy culture are often not aware of the ways that we are perpetuating it through our beliefs and our practices. I also deeply believe that white supremacy and capitalism are so tightly intertwined that you can't actually talk about one without the other. In all of my examples in these episodes, I'm really referring to both, and sometimes I specifically call out capitalism. In these conversations with myself, I'm examining the ways that white supremacy culture shows up in my own parenting And the ways that I'm fighting against it, so that I have a better chance of raising people that are not easily influenced by this set of standards that so many generations have willingly accepted. In other words, I want to raise people who can clearly see the presence of white supremacy culture and actively work to dismantle it as a part of their ordinary daily lives. If I avoid doing this work and ignore the ways that white supremacy culture influences my parenting, then I am passing on its legacy to my children. They will become adults who, at best, are also passively engaging in harmful practices and, at worst, are susceptible to being heavily influenced by radical thinking on the right and become active white supremacists. It's happened to lots of kids right under their parents' noses. Social media can be a scary and dangerous place. This is evolving work for me as a parent. As I continue to uncover new ways that I could be growing and changing, I'm also acknowledging that recognizing the need for change doesn't mean that I'm able to change immediately. I'm battling against deep-set beliefs and habits, but bringing awareness to it, strategizing around it, and talking about it with others, or just with myself, puts me on a journey towards changing it. It's not a quick-fix-easy solution. This is work. And I hope you'll join me in doing it.